listening today. Today, or rather this month, we're going to be talking about gratitude, things that we're thankful for. Last week, Jared Wells talked about how he was thankful for the family of God, and he had a couple of his brothers from the Northwest Church of Christ in Plainview, Texas, on to talk, and so I decided to follow suit a little bit as we talk about being thankful for God's sovereignty on the earth. So today, we have a special treat. We've got my brother Aaron Underwood from the North Jardot Church of Christ. Hey, Aaron. Hey, how's it going? Good, man. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, how, how do we know each other? Why do you put up with me? That kind of stuff. Sure. So we know each other because we go to church together at That's North Jardot Church of Christ. Uh, we've known each other for, uh, I don't know, 10, 10 years, maybe a few less now. Um, I am a scholarship coordinator at OSU in the College of Engineering. And I've got a wife, Allison, and two daughters, Camden and Kenna. And they're precious. And they are precious, yes. I never thought I'd want to be a girl dad, but I am thankful so much to be a girl dad. You're doing a great job so far. Uh, it's, so it's great to, to be able to watch Aaron and his wife, Allison, raise their kiddos. Or they love God. They love the Lord. They serve uh, they serve him at the church here, and it's just been good. They've been good for us, along with Jared. I'm thankful for the family of God. They're a good inspiration. And so I wanted to have Aaron to talk about some stuff. You know, Aaron and I, we are very different. We approach problems from a different way. We have kind of a different outlook on the way we consume the news or not, wouldn't you say? I would say so. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So we don't usually see eye to eye politically. Sure. Kind of. Sure. Uh, we, we have a lot of discussions, and some of the times Aaron's looking at me like I have tinfoil hat on my head. Well, when you're wearing a tinfoil hat, I'm going to look at you that way. Told you not to bring that up. But anyway, uh, so it, he's, a, he's a good sounding board. Aaron challenges me. He makes me better. And so we're going to talk about some of the things that have you know bothered me a little bit. And I mentioned in the last, oh, I guess in the intro in October, how I was going to talk about being thankful for God's sovereignty and control, and that if I did not have the bedrock faith that God had his fingers on the dials, that I would have fallen into despair. I mean, this has been just a really hard last 18 months or so for sure. everybody. Sure. Yeah, some definitely have felt the strains much harder than others. Then there's times, you know, for me personally, that I've been able to enjoy a lot of uh, perks of the pandemic, but all around me, you know, many people are suffering. It's hard to, it's hard to not experience that with them. Yeah. And sometimes it's easy to like kind of put on the blinders and say, I'm not going to like worry about what's going on in other parts of the country about civil unrest or about supply chain shortages or, you know, there's all these things that we that we could easily get distracted by and overwhelmed by. And so I, I tend to have more feelers out, for better or worse. Like I, I tend to stay up on the headlines more. Maybe I need to let Aaron's influence rub off on me a little bit more in that way. Sure. Yeah, I, uh, just so the, for the listeners, but I, I, I do try to stay current on what's going on in the world, but it's just so negative, and I understand the marketing of the negative and the selling of fear and it's just easier for me sometimes to 
to turn it off and to not not think about it because I, I truly believe that when we get down to a, a personal level most people are, are good people and want the best and mm-hmm. are genuine people and that's just not not always the story that we're told in the media and not not to get into media stuff but yeah. sometimes that's not what we what we hear every day right and yeah we're, we're sold the narrative generally that makes us fearful instead of focusing on the good that we know is there and being thankful and so throughout all of that I've just been so grateful to be reminded constantly of God's provision in his care and there's a passage to help set the tone in Psalm 24 verses 1 through 5 it says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof the world and those who dwell therein for he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord and who shall stand in his holy place he who has clean hands and a pure heart who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully he will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. What I love about that is it affirms in no uncertain terms that the very earth belongs to God because he built it from his word and everything that's in the earth belongs to him. And that comforts me a lot. Absolutely. Um, I, I traveled for a couple of years with, with Allison before we had kids and we got to experience... 10 or so national parks and when you're standing at the Grand Canyon or you're standing at Zion National Park and you're looking out it's hard to not think about God it's hard to not just see God all around you there's times when you're sitting in Oklahoma that it doesn't feel the exact same when you look outside (laughs) true but but the truth is is that God is still and always will be in control and all and that everything has been created by God and and most of it everything that God has created is good we're the ones that sometimes screw it up but it's good and we need to think about that And, and I generally have a high degree of confidence in that that God has his hand on nature and that it rains when God thinks it's good to rain, and, and the sun shines when God says it's good to... And so there's a lot of trust, but kind of like you, I get uncomfortable sometimes when human beings start making choices that are clearly not within God's will, and I start worrying about what is that going to do to the equation. Sure. And that's, I think, probably a lot of you know theology through the ages has dealt with how does God keep the equation of his will working in the universe through time balanced with all of our really really stupid decisions getting mixed up in there sure and i don't really know the answer to that me either and that's why i'm not god i guess yeah i don't think we would make good gods i think (laughs) think we'll just take for the for the one and true god (laughs) yeah but the good thing is here in this passage is you know, even though we recognize that God's so far above us, what would it take to stand in God's place? And the trick here, not the trick, but really the, the will of God here is that we would have clean hands and a pure heart. Then we lift up our soul to God instead of any idol. And this year has been an idol check for me. Like, you know, if we want to know what, what we value, then we look at what we start watching out for when something threatens it. Right. So there's been no shortage of things that have been idols to have to really examine to look at. Right. And so just for the 
what what do you feel like you've been threatened by? Oh man, you're gonna get down in my kitchen now. Okay, so um, one of the things I think can be an idol for me is that I value my autonomy. I value the ability to make choices for myself. Right. In other words, I don't like being told what to do. Sure. I don't like being told what to wear, where to go, what to do. Right. And um, when things happen in a pandemic that limit your choices, that's very unsettling to someone like me. Sure. Yeah. I think that can certainly be upsetting. And I know that there are many that are listening to this that face other challenges such as job loss or health issues and health challenges. And so there's a lot of, a lot of challenges that people had to go through. Ours might be a little bit different than everybody else's. Whereas my challenges weren't, I didn't feel many challenges personally. Mm -hmm. I am a, go with the flow person, which at times can be somewhat dangerous, but at other times it can be very peaceful to be able to be adaptable and, and, and move on with, with certain aspects of life. Yeah, that's a good point. Something, again, that I need to take a page out of your playbook sometimes for being, to be able to go along a little bit sometimes. Um, and you know, when we talk about things that threaten our way of life. I think our way of life as Americans can be an idol. You think about like the average American, we wake up um, to the sound of everyone else in the world waking up and getting ready to go to work and going to a job and you go to the store and you find what you need and throughout your day you're not generally worried about your personal safety and you come home to a safe house with plenty to eat and you go to sleep and your kids go to sleep in their beds and you don't have to worry about being attacked. And... Right. Yeah, I live, I live in a world where right now we, uh, with two young kids, we have groceries delivered to our house. Right? I'm living as kings lived before. And so it's hard to not be grateful for what I have. Not that we're millionaires or living this fancy life, but we have so many perks and so many just comfortability things that we have in our lives and the reality is is those are so far beyond our basic needs that we need to remember that God will provide those basic needs and all these extra things that if they come or they go we need to still be grateful and thankful to, to God for that he will always provide those basic needs and gives us blessings as well. Yeah, that reminds me of a passage I actually had uh, prepared, Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17. He really paints a bleak picture, and he says, Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. So what Habakkuk describes there is a situation that's an absolute, complete breakdown of the means of production. Now, we're facing a situation on our country right now where people are talking about, well, there's supply shortages. And there's certain things that's hard to get, but we can get the things that we need. I'm not, I'm not concerned about food scarcity, more like microchip scarcity, or I don't have this many options of this kind of thing to get. Right. But Habakkuk is describing the very means of their sustenance is barren. And then he says in verse 18, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord, I will take joy in the God of my salvation. 
And that verse challenges me because I'm, I'm not sure that I could joyfully have an attitude like Habakkuk described there in that situation. Right, right. And we've seen that. We've seen this through this past year. People get challenged, and as you've mentioned, your autonomy gets challenged. And when, yeah, life happens, can you still be thankful? Can you still show that gratefulness? And I haven't been challenged in that way. I, you know, my job was never something that was threatened. My livelihood, my wife's job was never threatened. We had a healthy pregnancy through everything. So I, I never felt these major threats, but one day things might, and I need to be prepared to have that attitude that is clearly shown here. Yeah, it helps us maintain our perspective. And it seems like what Habakkuk is really relying there on is that no matter what's happening in the field, nothing happened to God in heaven. He's still there. Right. And that no matter what our situation is, we can still have joy, gratitude in God, that He's still God. And so, you know, we look at threatening our way of life and kind of akin to that idea of threatening the autonomy is there's been a lot of civil unrest you know over the last two years we had uh, you know two summers ago we had seems like a new tragedy every every week or every few days sure uh, with violence and civil unrest and it caused a lot of political volatility I mean we had a major US election that was a big upset for a lot of people so there's a lot of those things happening and you know no matter you know people are very divided about which person they voted for for president and some people have thought, I, I can't believe that God would let that guy be president. And no matter which one it is, right? Sure. And, and we wonder sometimes, you know, I, I have to laugh a little bit because whenever um, President Trump was elected, there were a lot of, let's just say people of faith, who were happy and saying, you know, God has sent us the president we needed at this time. But whenever Joe Biden was elected, I didn't hear those same people saying, thank, thank God that God sent us the right president this time. Right. Right. There's there's definitely political unrest and political opinions and uh, we get too tied to particular parties and decide that whatever that person is representing the party that that's who we can be thankful for and who's not. And it, it can be challenging regardless of where you stand. If you're a very big re- Republican, then... Joe Biden's not the guy you wanted. And if you're a big Democrat, then Trump was not the person you wanted. But it doesn't really affect some of us in the fact of we still have the option to be Christians. We still mm-hmm. get to understand that God is in control. And regardless of who's sitting in the president's seat, we still have those options and we still should follow God and trust that God is in control. We, we're in America. and That's a blessing in itself. We talk about how our presidents, but we could look around the world and see that Joe Biden is a much better choice, even if you don't like Joe Biden, than many other political leaders across the world. And that's something to, to always keep in perspective. Yeah, literally the worst president that we have ever had. And I'm not saying that that's President Biden. I'm just saying the worst president, whoever you think it is the worst president we've ever had, is better than the best president that some countries have had. Sure, sure, Absolutely. And so sometimes, though, I've, you know, we, we have faith in God to control natural um, 
phenomenon, but when it comes to human phenomenon, again, we get threatened a little bit. I feel threatened a little bit sometimes. Does God really know what he's doing? You know, I've never voiced it that way, but that's the implication. But there is a passage that I love out of Daniel chapter 4 where basically Nebuchadnezzar is going to be judged for his pride. And the decree comes from God that he's, the kingdom is going to be taken away from him. It says in Daniel 4 and 16, Let his mind be changed from a man's, and let a beast's mind be given to him. Let seven periods of time pass over him. The sentence is by the decree of the watchers, the decision by the word of the holy ones, to the end that the living may know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will and sets over it the lowliest of men. And that passage just speaks to God's ability to impact human hearts. Now, I don't know that God would today make a leader go insane and, and eat grass like an ox in the field for seven years like he did Nebuchadnezzar. Right. That would get a, get a lot of attention. That would be quite the social media story to see that. Can you imagine the memes? <laughs> yeah. But he can do it. Right. And... He's proving here, and I'm not going to get into you know who are these watchers and who are these holy ones, but basically God did this to prove, hey, I'm in control. Right. Whoever I want and whoever I decree is going to be the, the ruler over the kingdoms of men, and I'm going to accomplish whatever I want. And God was in the middle of accomplishing his will even when Nebuchadnezzar was king. Right. Right. And that's... The world we live in is that we understand that there's going to be people that we are in charge on a presidential level that we maybe agree with or disagree with. There's going to be senators that we agree with that we disagree with. There may be even local leaders that we agree with or disagree with. And we know that there's many challenges, especially in today's world with mandates and other things that are going on mm -hmm. in our current environment when we're recording this. But... The reality is, is that we still trust God, that we can still follow God regardless of who's the leader or if even some of our brothers or sisters become leaders in their community. We still mm -hmm. trust God. Yeah, and you know, God can use even really wicked people to accomplish his plan. Sure. Just like he did with Nebuchadnezzar. And bringing it home a little bit more, if you look, I look at my own life, and surely there is enough sin and foolishness in my life that could derail God's plans, like if I'm thinking about it like that. But yet God has been gracious to me and allowed me to take part in some way in the good of his kingdom, even though I'm not a perfect person. So it's not that much of a stretch, really. Right. It's actually really arrogant to think that God doesn't know what he's doing. Right, yeah. I imagine, right, the, what's the saying about making plans in Proverbs that God makes, or we make plans and God laughs, right? <laughs> that uh, That's sometimes the way it, it, we feel about it is we make these plans, we have these ideas, and the truth is, is God is in control, and we trust Him. Yeah, sometimes that's a lot harder, you know, whenever... The, on the macro scale, we see a lot of things happening all at once that are very troubling to us. And I think that's the, just the devil playing head games with us, trying to make us approach life from a, uh, 
from a perspective of fear and doubt rather than of love for God and, and generosity and that kind of thing. Right. And that worrying on that topic and worrying about fear and anxiety is something that becomes even more prevalent in today's society. I work with college students mm-hmm. and more and more students come in with anxiety and with uh, troubles and different things and it really we need to, to look to the scriptures we need to, to follow God's guidance that he gives us to, to, to trust him and to put our hope into in prayers and give things over to God and really it tests our confidence in him mm-hmm. of when we worry does do we really trust that he knows our best interest and that he's got everything or do is our worrying going to solve it is our worrying about these political things or these other challenges is that going to to help us in any way or is that something that we need to 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 let go and and trust in god so that we can live we have plenty of other things to to do and live in our lives and spending time worrying about some things is is a waste of energy when we should be you know using that time or that uh, mental space to really put it into to other things like our family and um, other Bible stuff that you might say of serving the church and serving others and mm-hmm. sometimes worrying just we spend too much time in that, that realm of our lives. Yeah, I've noticed in my own life that worry has a paralyzing effect on my, on my spiritual desire to do good. Because it's, it's like if I don't have enough information, then I don't want to move forward. Or if I don't know where this is going, then I'm hesitant to obey God. And it's very much like my children. You know, I have... Jacob is nine years old and he questions me all the time. And sometimes I'll tell him to do something. And he's like, but wait, I, what's this? And, and what are we going to do? But what if that? Like before he wants to obey, he has like this list of questions. And I get frustrated. I'm like, son, I'm your dad. Do you trust me? I know what I'm talking about. I just need you to do this. And I know God is sitting there thinking, son, <laughs> I have this conversation with you all the time. And, and I don't need to sit there and worry that I don't have enough information if I trust God to know. Right. And to obey him. Right. And we've all, obviously, we've all been children. We remember those moments where we, our parents said to do something and we mm-hmm. questioned it. And generally speaking, there are parents had our best interest they did know better and we could have put our confidence in them but we like to test it and it's good upbringing to to raise your boys in a way that they can trust their dad and while they test it at a young age hopefully by the time that they mature and become adults that they would have that maturity level to trust you and ultimately that that would lead to the trust in god that we should show even when we are challenged ourselves right and then that they would embody that trustworthiness and then be trustworthy to their children. Right. Right. That's the goal. Right. To continue that. Right. And I personally, I, I struggled with that growing up, mm-hmm. that I didn't have a father figure that was very trustworthy and guidance. And that's caused me trouble in my own confidence in God. Mm-hmm. And it's taken me many years to, to really build that trust and that confidence to take away some of that upbringing and so it, it can be even more challenging for some homes but mm-hmm. it's it's such a blessing for for your boys and many others that grow up in those christian homes to be able to really have 
that father figure, um, especially in, in our, for this podcast where we're focusing somewhat on, on the manliness of stuff. Both mm-hmm. parents are all obviously very valuable to the yeah. home, but having that father figure really comes in, in, in really big importance. Yeah. Well, I'm grateful that you've broken that cycle. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. And I, although I don't, I don't plan to have any more children at this point. Maybe a, a boy shows up one day. Um, I, you never know what, what God has in, in store for us, right? Um, but I hope that my, my girls will definitely grow up in that way and that they too will have that confidence and that they'll find young men that will also um, have that confidence. Yeah. But, you know, on the other hand, that that impact of being trustworthy and and being a father figure isn't just for kids who are actually your children. I mean, there sure. there are children that are come that are going to come into your life um, all the time that are going to need that from you. Right. You know, I think about my boys. I want my boys to respect and look up to you, and some of the other little guys at church. You know, they will, and you know, you're gonna you're gonna give them that too. We're absolutely confident, and it's that confidence in God that allows us to get past the paralysis of worry and anxiety and move forward. It was just uh, last night, actually, that I read this passage to the boys before they went to bed. It's uh, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12 through 16. And kind of like Jared, I don't like to read long passages, but this is a good one. 1 Peter 3 and 12, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now who is there... Who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason of the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. I think that's that faith. Like, do we really believe that if we trust God, that we have the best protection and help available? Right. Right. Yeah. It's it's a it's a confidence. It's an it's an action. Right. That's something that we haven't really discussed much. Is mm-hmm. that the thankfulness is it's more than just saying thanks, but it's really showing that showing that you're grateful, showing that that confidence and showing it in your life so that people see that hope people see it's different people see the true gratitude we live in a, in a world that gratitude is just something that we say right i'm teaching my two-year-old daughter that when she receives something that she says thank you that that's part of what she does and it really takes it to another level whenever you understand what you're thankful for mm-hmm. and you move on to show appreciation for that that through your actions show that you're truly grateful for things yeah it's like you're building the habit now even though she doesn't understand but with maturity and time that habit will backfill with the feeling or the the intention of being grateful right absolutely because i think that that's what we show and even that in our world we don't always show true gratitude sometimes we just say thanks or you know, when somebody gives us our food at a restaurant or something, you might say thanks. Mm-hmm. But showing true gratitude, showing that you really are thankful, might be might look a little bit different. Maybe not in that scenario, but 
showing true gratitude to somebody that's really gone out of the way or really done something for you that you really truly mm-hmm. are appreciative of it it shows more action I think that's what we should really show to God that yeah. we should be grateful for all the blessings that we have knowing that the good things come from God but showing our appreciation to God for what we have by the way we live our lives and the way we um, show that to others show kindness and show love and gentleness to those around us shows a true gratefulness of the blessings that we've received and I think sometimes we when God gives us a blessing we often don't esteem it as a blessing sometimes like when we do things for our kids they don't realize they don't appreciate the gifts that we give them because they, they don't comprehend its value at the time right or the opposite they don't realize right. when we take things away when we say no right <laughs> yeah. that sometimes they we're grateful for when when God tells us no mm-hmm. and that's something you don't see in the world that's something that people don't don't show we don't say thanks for not giving me this promotion thanks for this and that and the reality is is that if we trust God and mm-hmm. we understand that God is control that sometimes the answer to our prayer is no right and that can be challenging that can be hard um, but we live as Christians to be thankful that even when the answer is no we still have God we still can be grateful for the things we do have and that we do have a father that does put boundaries and says no mm-hmm. to some of our prayers. It, we often, you know, in, in Romans, I think it's Romans 2 where God describes the, the character of the Gentile, the reprobate. And it says that, that they became unthankful and they worshiped the creature more than the creator. And I think it's so easy for us to love and appreciate God because he gave us all this neat stuff. Right. Instead of just looking beyond the beauty of the blessing and showing, acknowledging the God behind it. It's like Job. You know, devils, uh, the devil said to God, does Job fear you for nothing? You've, you've given him everything. You've built a hedge around him. But you take all the stuff away and he'll curse you to your face. And so that was the test and I wonder sometimes if I would still be grateful like if all I had was God if all the stuff I had was gone if all I had was God I know that's all you have is God and that's you know what I mean right you know that I'm not a overly emotional person that's Mm -hmm. something that is hard but when I think about Job and I maybe it's something that when you have kids it it feels different um but if I and, and, and being married is is big part of it too but you know you take away the stuff that's one thing you take away the family mm-hmm. that's that's the one that I feel like I, I good for you Job I cannot believe that you can do that because that that is it, it's amazing faith mm-hmm. it really really is to, to be able to be in that um, with with his children um, and it it does make me emotional to think about that the if my faith was really tested that much, would I be like be like Abraham? Would I really have the confidence mm-hmm. to take uh, one of my children and be able to offer a sacrifice with that much trust in God and still be grateful and still be thankful? It, it, it's, it's great that we have those examples that we can think about those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I hope that I'm never in a place that I ever have to, to prove that faith, but I hope to be able to be a strong enough 
Christian and practice thankfulness in such a way that I, I could do it and I would do it mm-hmm. if I was ever in that terrible place to do it. Yeah. But then again, we're, we're taught in the New Testament that the reason that Abraham had the faith to do that is that he had faith in the resurrection. That God's promise was that in Isaac your seed will be called. Right. And he looked beyond the sacrifice and he saw the promise. Right. And I think Job similarly had confidence that he would still trust God mm-hmm. regardless of the situation around him. Right. And when we look at it from that perspective and the things that we've discussed so far this evening, political, other things, they seem so irrelevant. I think if, if Job was sitting here today and was looking at that and said, oh, you guys had to deal with a mask issue, right? <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 got, you guys had a mask mandate? Well, um, just couldn't imagine that, right? Yeah. And, and when we think about it that way, sometimes our problems become a lot smaller that we have problems that are, they're really almost not even problems. They're just little things and little blips we have to deal with. Yeah. But we're still grateful. I mean, we have two healthy families. We've got um, jobs. We've got homes to live in. We've got a a church that is such a blessing on on both of us and our families. And we have encouragement. We have freedoms. We have so many wonderful blessings mm-hmm. that we get to enjoy and we can show that through to God by the way we say thank you because we go to him in prayer and say thank you mm-hmm. you know sometimes I'm reminded of the story of the 10 lepers in, in Luke that don't return right in Luke 17 mm-hmm. that the nine lepers don't return when um, Jesus heals them and I think there's times where our, I only give 10% thanks yeah. I only thank God for for 10% of, of what he's blessed me with. And, and sometimes this can be, be challenging because we just live so rich of lives. Mm-hmm. Um, the blessing of marriage in itself is such a wonderful thing. You know, really, it truly is to have a, a person there that's with you, that supports you. That's What a blessing that is. Children, what joy children, you know, yeah. children are... It's amazing the the blessings we have in children, mm-hmm. and God knew that. God blessed us with marriage from the very beginning. God mm-hmm. blessed us with children, and um, it's just amazing the the blessings that we and the things we get to enjoy. A church, mm-hmm. brothers, sisters in Christ that challenge us, but also sharpen us and make us stronger. And yeah. when we deal with the world, that are there to to say, hey. At least we've got God. At least we've got each other. And sometimes it just melts away. All those problems we have melt away. Yeah. I'm very grateful that even though this has been 2020 and 2021 have been years that have been marked by polarization and division, that I really believe that even though it's obvious that we have people in our local church body who are on opposite ends of the spectrum on a lot of different issues that did not become an issue in the church ever right at all right and and sub- submission and leadership is something that has been a, a hot topic in many churches mm-hmm. um but just having strong leaders that you can put confidence in that are biblical leaders that are following and doing mm-hmm. set up the way the bible has set it up for a reason and 
that we can follow their lead and you know be the sheep we're, we're called to be for the shepherds can really really be a big big blessing and something as we talk about gratitude something that I'm very grateful for you know what's interesting as we talk about all these these things the theme is that the comfort and the blessing all come from institutions that God created right not myself right and that's something about blessings is that we should always remember to thank God that these things these blessings these good things we have everything's connected to God mm-hmm. everything we can connect back to God and sometimes we count our blessings or we talk about what we're thankful for but let's connect those things to God and, and really show God our gratitude yeah and I'm reminded of Colossians 1 verse 12 it says giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light he has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins and that's the very that action of giving thanks to God because he is in control you know he has put us in a place where his rule is absolute and that's his kingdom and that no matter what's happening with earthly kingdoms or what's happening on this earth that I can have confidence that in God's kingdom there's not going to be any turmoil there's not going to be an upset there's not going to be a disaster it's just God yeah it's an amazing amazing feeling amazing blessing that it truly sometimes is that simple sometimes it really is is just looking at it from that perspective of we have a savior we have a god he is sovereign and we know that he is always in control and when we think about the blessings not only the things that we get to enjoy here and the many many things that we can be grateful for here the the biggest blessing of them all if you will is mm-hmm. is still yet to come and and that one doesn't just last for you know a couple hours or anything. That's a an, for an eternity, and uh, it's hard to compete with that. It's hard yeah. to it's hard to it's just amazing. Yeah. Would you have any other thoughts or kind of any other passages you wanted to share with us? Sure, probably. I've got plenty of <laughs> thankful passages, but I think that we've we've covered a lot of a lot of good things to that that of gratefulness that regardless of our situation we know that people will listen to this that are going through the the high points in life that are listening to this and they're on the the high of the roller coaster they're on the thrill everything is great Mm -hmm. and for those that's awesome be thankful that you're having that high and we'll know that people are listening to this that are in the complete opposite boat that when they hear about some of the, the blessings and the things that we get to enjoy that Maybe there's challenges or difficulties that you've gone through in some of these things. And those are the times where you got to remember, trust God. God is still in control. You know, we talked about Job, and that's about as, as bad as it can get. Um, but it feels that way. We feel like Job's at times in our lives, and we need to trust God then too and be thankful for what we have and that God still takes care of our needs. And, and if we're somewhere along the middle, as most of us are, and some of us feel like 2021 and 2020 were bad years and others of us feel, as I mentioned, I said perks of the pandemic and I didn't mean anything negative by that, but what I meant was I got to spend months at home 
with my daughter that mm-hmm. I wouldn't have gotten to, right. to have otherwise. I got to, to figure out what remote work life is like. Yes, and, and um, you know, I, while many were struggling, I did have some ups and, and stuff. And it's just, we just have so many things in our lives that we can be grateful for regardless of where we're at on the, the roller coaster. Yeah. And we may have two cars on that roller coaster. I mean, the family life may be going great and you know, we may lose our job. Or, you know, we may be, you know, our family life may be struggling, but at the same time we may have a lot of spiritual growth. And so one of the lies that the devil tells us is that things are always, you know, it's going to be all good or it's all bad. And we have to understand that in our life nothing is ever all good and nothing is ever all bad. We have to be grateful for the good and allow that to sustain. Right. God is all good, and we can trust in God. Amen. That's a great place to wrap. Aaron, thank you so much for spending some time with us to share your perspective. I think it's been valuable, and I hope that you all have uh, enjoyed getting to know Aaron a little bit tonight. He's a blessing to the church and to me. And Even though he's not a cousin, glad to have him as a brother. So. Thank you so much for listening with us today. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I would ask a favor if you would give us a rating or a comment wherever you consume podcasts. That helps it become more available and visible to more listeners. Or if you have something that you would like to be featured on the show in terms of a question or some feedback, please feel free to drop us a line on our contact page at thebrothercousins.com. Thank you so much and God bless. 